He had his night ruined by two boys. He chased him and had a great time. <sighs> he did not have a great time. Wow, what a shitty inductee. He... Let's get to some good ones. Ayo, hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice Fire series, Reading a Storm of Swords. As always, I'm your host, Zach, sitting here next to me, my brother, Nate. Yeah, and we are, as he said, reading Storm of Swords. I'm better than you, and so I just jumped in and took over this intro. Come oh. at me. I'm not for real. You go ahead and finish I it. I know you're not for real. I know. Fucking. Jeez. We're full spoiler, and Huts. so this is your one and only warning at the top of the episode. If you joined us last time, we're reading Sansa 1. Sansa. Sansa 1. Sansa. And she, she had a lot going on, man. Poor girl. She's uh, all fucking... Whoa. I mean, really, like, she had yeah, like, I suppose one thing going on. Technically, like, she just went to dinner, but... Yeah, she had an invitation. In her head, in her mind. Right. She had an invitation from Marjorie Tyrell to enjoy join her for dinner, and Sansa was tripping out about it because she wasn't sure if it was Joffrey, if Marjorie had some ill intentions, but she went anyway, escorted by Sir Loras Tyrell, who is just dapper. Sansa loves him, and... I love him. They, uh, Sansa arrives and has dinner with Marjorie and her mother, or grandmother. Grandmother, yeah, and her mother, technically. And her mother. Um, Lady Illyria, as well as, uh, some of the cousins and shit. We met, uh, Meriwether, Lady Lady Meriwether. And eventually, Elena gets down to brass tacks. They want to know what kind of person Joffrey is, if he's really as terrible as they've heard, which Sansa confirms for them, and... They say it's a pity, but the wedding will continue, and not to worry about it, because they plan on getting Sansa out of there. And once Marjorie and Joffrey are wedded, they will have Elena bring Sansa to Highgarden to marry Willis. Yeah. And she kind of got the rug pulled out from under her with the Loras versus Willis thing, but... Yeah, she got caught up in it, but I mean, look at him. Who can, who can blame her? <laughs> anyway, this chapter, this episode, we are not reading Sansa. We are reading Johnny Boy. Johnny, Johnny, John's Johnny first Snow. chapter of Storm of Swords. So last we left John... Traitor. He fucking killed the half-hand. Yeah, he did. Corrin's dead. He's dead. Corrin, of course, made that possible, knowing that they needed a man inside to figure out what the fuck it was that Mance was doing. He did what Dumbledore did when he told Snape to kill him. In Yeah, but Mance did it cooler. Way cooler and way before... Um, Corrin. And yeah, he, Corrin tasked, yeah, right, Corrin, not, not Mance. Mance. Definitely not Corrin Mance. tasked John with f- live, live amongst them, eat with them, sleep with them, learn, and figure out what the fuck they're doing, and then... Remember who you are. Right, remember who you are, Simba, and report what you find back to your true brothers. And so John did. He put his sword and goes, took a chunk out of Corrin and killed him, and Egret spoke for him and a couple of the others as well while the Lord of Bones rattle shirt wasn't really having it and that was where we ended with John heading off with them and Egret revealing that most of the wildlings have already began descending the milk water out yeah. of the frost fangs and so there it's uh, days later but they're there he's there and I think this also is to once again mention the chronology that Martin brought up at the start of the book because we're still on first chapters for people here. I I feel as though he intends for this to be lined up with what's happening down in the south at this point. Yeah, I think so, it's caught up. Um, they're they're kind of arriving at, at Mance's camps. At yeah, the, they see uh, they're picking their way through some scraggly trees and stones and they see below them at the river valley thousands of campfires and it's a very welcome sight for John who as we know Corrin wasn't a fan of yeah campfires because in the north fire could mean death yep. and ghost is with him even though he usually tends to keep a distance during the day um right but when the moon rose he would come bounding up beside John which would piss off the dogs that they had with him but ghost basically handled that one of the first interactions and sent a dog bloody yipping yeah, away, so, so they don't fuck yeah, with him anymore. No because that was like the alpha that fucking tried that shit with him. And so John is uh Well, with the with the dogs it was uh, I think Longspear who noted that the dogs don't much like that beast of yours and John just thinks that's because Well, that's later he says that. He's not no, it was here. It'll be Because uh, it's when they when he's thinking back of it, isn't it? Is it right then? Yeah, it's right oh. then. Yeah, it's right then. Yeah, because John says that 
yeah, well, yeah, they're not John's, uh, John's not one of them. And, Ghost isn't one of and them. And then he thinks on him, you know, I'm all in black. I'm not one of you. Like, I, I'm amongst yeah, the yeah, enemies yeah. here with enemies before and behind him. And then we kind of get the wider scope of the group. Egret, who's riding just behind him, is wearing Corrin's helm and cloak because the helm actually didn't fit the original person who took it. And a bunch of the other wildlings have more of his gear, but Rattleshirt had Corrin's bones. Yep, and and uh, what's his face? Evans, Evans' head, head in a sack. And he says they're dead, all dead but me, and I am dead to the world. Dead to the world. And that could be both literal and figurative there from him, because at this point, if he doesn't return to Mormont, he's they'll just assume he's he died out there, that he was murdered by wildlings. Mm. And even if he does. He trade. He was a traitor, and he's so like John Snow as he knew himself, the Honorable John. It's almost how I imagine Ned would feel when he takes on that lie back years ago of John, and just this, I'm not the person I was anymore. So he's he's dead inside, dead to the world. Egret and Longspear Rick were tasked with guarding John, and Rattleshirt said that he would boil their bones if the crow flies, and at that, Egret just laughed at him and was like, would you rather spend your time guarding him? And John was just like, god damn. Like, even though Rattleshirt is clearly in charge here, they still just fucking give him shit. If you're gonna talk shit about the job we're doing, then do it yourself, motherfucker. So Rattleshirt tells John that you may have fooled the others, but you won't fool Mance. He'll be glad, and then when Mance is done doing whatever he does, he'll be glad to make a cloak of ghost. Yeah. Which we've already said that that just is an immediate you're on the shit list. So sorry, yeah. Rattleshirt. You're on the shit list. You're on the shit list. Um that night Egret kinda consoles John with saying, you know, Mance is gonna let you in because you killed Corin, which I think is very She also says that you won't be the first that Mance has taken over. Right. The like, first crow that's that's flown. an interesting, I think, little point there. Yeah. That, Mance maybe has well, a soft spot for these, and is that Corrin's in? It's not like he's been down here or up here for long, right. like been the king in the north, I mean, or king above the north of the wall. There's, I mean, yeah, it's been a bit of time, but it's not like it's been hundreds and thousands of years. Right, I mean, Ned, Ned like, Stark was Lord of Winterfell when he was still manning the wall. Right. Like, yeah. And so, yeah, I just think that's interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that. I thought the whole little yeah her coming to him and John asks, well, you know, if I'm truly free, will I be free to leave? And she's like, sure you will, and we'll be free to kill you. It is dangerous being free, but most come to like the taste of it. You'll Yo, see. And she kind of does some great little hand placement here. Yeah, and the just thigh. starts uh, priming him for what's to come. And John, being him. John, just thinks, I will see and hear and learn, and then I'll carry word back to the wall, and. He goes over Corrin's last order for him and the the whole death. That's the whole point of Corrin's death. And <clears throat> that, uh, God. At, oh. Yeah, at this point, they kind of leave the woods I'm from... Joking. Good, go die. <laughs> Quietly, though. Like, I'm trying to have a podcast here and you're over here dying in the corner. <clears throat> Quieter. You good? Yep. We're good. All right. So, yeah, as they, they kind of leave the, the woods and... They hit the flat area down from the mountain. They're approached by Mance's outriders. Yeah, John Couch eight men and women led by one called the Weeper. The who Weeper, is who just gross sounding. Yeah, he's once again another one of the famous wildlings who's known by his reputation. Uh, I don't know what the reputation is, but he carries a large curved scythe, which is I think is sick. He probably cuts people's eyes out. So he greets Rattleshirt, asks who John is, and Rattleshirt explains that he killed a, the half hand, yeah. and he's a wog, and he's like, "Yeah, you're right, actually. Actually, they say he's got the roomy eyes. I bet he's called the Weeper because his eyes just look like he's a weeper." Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. He's got the um, gross. Got it. Uh, anyway, he says that John has the wolfish look about him. Yeah, he does. That's. I just think that's Liana, Arya. Mm-hmm. Look at yeah that trait. That similar trait. And, yeah, he's... He's like, all right, we'll go fucking see you later. Bring him to Mance, then. And they approach the the camp. And so he also notes here, because I think it's important that he's kind of playing the differences of what 
what it's like down south of the wall. Because he says as we they approach, there's no trumpets, there's no fanfare, there's no, like, announcing our arrival. Mm-hmm. We just kind of wandered into a camp. Yeah. And I think it's very Dothraki-like with how they do that as well. Yeah. Just very nomadic. Uh, yeah, the whole the people. whole camp feels very Dothraki. Ghost scent draws some more of the wildling dogs, but they just circle on barking and yipping. And... Yeah, he just starts taking in all the, the different people within the, the wildling camps. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, at first it's... I mean, it's a normal camp. There's carts and wains and lean-toes and tents and all sorts of shit. There's children running around and playing. Well, that's it. He notices at first at the first, stuff the that's war, wildling right. shit. There's like, fletching arrows. They're sharpening spear points. Right. And then he starts so to So the people upon, on the edges, right. on the outsides... On so the defenses. They he, definitely do have a type of defense, even though it's... Not the kind he's used to, and it's much lighter. It's a different kind. Um, yeah, you put the the innocent and the the women, children that don't, the women that don't fight, the men that don't fight, whatever, mm-hmm. in the center of the camp, and those who are more willing to and wanting to fight, put them on the outskirts. And so, yeah, the, it makes sense. The further in they travel, the more. Yeah, seeing the women fletching arrows, he just thinks arrows for my brothers, arrows for the people of Winterfell of Deepwood Ma. Of last hearth, arrows for the north, and then yeah, as they push in further, he begins to note there's some women cooking. There's one holding a baby. There's kids running around playing with animals, and there's beasts of burden around. These are normal yeah. people. Yeah, I put that they're just normal, regular activities being done by people, and, and that's important though. Just well, to right, show that the clarity. Class system yeah, you of... need to have that realization that your enemy is just a person like you. And, uh, yeah, they come to a clearing surrounded by some, uh, I lost my place, uh, some pine trees. And Rattleshirt decides it's here that his people will set up camp, but instructs Egret and Longspear that they will bring John to Mance. Along with him. Along with him, yeah. right, yeah. And so they move, continue on from foot from there. Yeah, and so this is where John really notices the, the lack of any specific defense system. And again, I think it's him not realizing that just about everybody is trained to survive and fight. And so their defense is, there's 50,000 of us or whatever number there is, we'll, we're all going to attack you. All of us. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yeah, but I do think he's got the right of it. He definitely has he, a right of it. He knows idea. that there's no discipline. It seems as if, as if each village or clan just stopped where they would, and he thinks back to something Ned Stark told him, because he thinks wildlings have the numbers, but the Night's Watch has the discipline. Yes. And discipline beats numbers nine times out of ten, his father once told him. And so it, it really does come down to that. Is And I think it's interesting that he's looking at all this stuff now because it'll definitely come into play when he's bringing those numbers onto his side. He knows that the wildlings have numbers. I want them on my side. Mm -hmm. Let's give them a little bit of discipline. We're going to give them freedom, safety, and hope. I mean, they're going to treat them like second-class citizens because people are inherently, apparently racist, I guess, because look at all the fucking terrible people. But... Yeah, like, so I think him evaluating that, seeing what their flaws and weaknesses are now as their quote-unquote enemy, because he's still 100% in that mindset. He hasn't quite fallen into right. operative he's mode just yet. Yeah. And, and so he's going to take that into account now and then be able to utilize it to enhance those I mean, it's, just, it's also an interesting discussion of, is that the case, though? Like, would... I'm curious what would happen if the Night's Watch swept down on this entire encampment. Would the the fact that they train women to fight aid them? That they had they actually have more numbers than people think? Or, right, or is I'd that... be curious to see no, I, the I, way it went. It would I think go. it would also depend on the actual numbers. I think the numbers that the Well, we all know Martin's a little fast right, and right, loose right. with actual numbers. I think that the size of the Night's Watch party uh that Mormon's commanding and planning to attack these with Technically, I think that it would start well, but in the end, I think the wildlings would overrun them. But who knows? They continue on, and it becomes easy to tell which tent is the king's, as his is thrice the size of any other one nearby. It's made of white bear pelts and has some great elk antlers of the famous elks that wander north of the wall. Do you think that Mance uses... King Beyond the Wall himself, or do you think that was... I think it was stylized. He kind of says 
as much that like it's stylized. And so I just think it's it's what the Southerners call a fun it. little it's build not... up uh, with John where he keeps saying the King's tent, and then, when really everyone else it's Mance's tent. Yeah, like even if they do know he's the king, right. be on the right. Yeah. No, that's Mance. Hey, what's up, Mance? But John thinks here at least there are guards, two of whom guard the tent flaps to Mance's tent, as we know it is. Because Mance knows what's up. And they demand that Ghost stays out here, so John tells him to sit and stay, and he does, and Rattleshirt commands Longspear to stay with Ghost, and then urges John and Egret inside, and so the three of them enter. And the inside of the tent is hot and smoky, as there are four braziers with peat burning, making it very smoky inside. There's skins on the ground, carpeting the ground, and John can make out six people in the tent. He's feeling pretty fucking lonely right now. Surrounded. Stranger in in a strange land. In the king's tent. In a surrounded by camps upon camps of people that he's that are foreign to him in the furthest northern location he's ever been, with no one around that he knows for hundreds of miles. Mm. Fuck. Yeah, man. Dressed in the enemy's garb. He's an alien. And, uh... So, yeah, I mean, very quickly, he spots a dark young man, a pretty blonde woman, sharing a horn of mead. A pregnant woman stood cooking at a uh, brazier, and a gray-haired man in a tattered red and black cloak was singing and playing a lute. Uh, We're going to get the reveal of all these identities, so I don't think... John thinks it odd, however, that the singer is singing the Dornishman's wife, and it's odd to hear so far away from Dorn. Mm -hmm. But we we know it's man. Yeah, so right here, Rattleshirt pulls off the helm, and I just wanted to note, because John... Kind of has this almost. It's almost surprised that. Oh shit! He's he's just a regular dude. I couldn't help but think of Rick and Morty in the like the Mad Max episode yeah, when yeah, Summer's yeah. boyfriend takes it off and it's just like the doof goofball. Uh-huh. Like I pictured him having a mustache. John being like, "Have you ever heard the phrase hat on a hat?" But and, yeah, he's ordinary. He's just normal dude. And like, so it, that got me to wondering, the fuck do you think Rattleshirt's real name is? Motherfucker didn't come out and was like, "Poof, I'm Rattleshirt." God, Rattleshirt. What do you think it is? I mean, I don't know. I like, think we need to come up with one now because I don't want to have Bruce. to be saying rattle shirt for that long because it's multiple syllables. Bruce works. Bruce, Lord of Bones, rattle shirt. Sure. All right, Brucey. Uh, beside the another brazier stood a tall, bald man frowning over a map with a large sword across his back. And sitting next to him was a broad, white-bearded man happily eating a hen off of a skewer while seated on a stool. Both are clearly warriors, and both are clearly more dangerous than Rattleshirt by far, John notes. Yeah, that's kind of cool to see. So he wonders which one of those two is Mance, because he's associating danger and a warrior with a king. So he, they all wait for the song to end. Yep. Nobody fucking dares interrupt, which should be your first sign that nobody's talking during the song and, like, interrupting that shit. But as soon as it ends, uh, Stig, the Magnar of Then, Baldy, he... He's like, who the fuck are you? What's what's this motherfucking guy doing here? And they're like, yeah, he's 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 come here. over. He's here to join us. He slew Corin, and Baldy's like, this kid slew Corin, and he asks John his name, and John gives it with a yo grace, yo grace, and, and yo yeah. torment fucking spits chicken everywhere. <laughs> he just dies laughing. So he's the big burly one with the white hair and white beard. There, if you didn't know at this point, but. I and I love that that he's just so tormented right off the bat. Oh just, yeah, you fucking you think this motherfucking guy? Spin around and might be you find who you're looking for, crow. And so John spun, and the singer was rising and says, "I am Mance Raider, and you are Ned Stark, bastard." The snow of Winterfell. Can I just say what a fucking sick reveal, though? Yeah, as like, he's setting great... his loot down, mm. John is just. It's completely stunned. How could you know that? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, that's a tale for a later time, which is in like 10 minutes. If that. And he says, uh, tell me, did the Lord of Bones speak truly? Did you slay my friend, old friend, the Half-Hand? And John says, I did, but thinks in his head it was more corn's doing than mine. But Yeah, because uh, Mance gives him this line of, so it's it's odd. I don't know if I should curse you for killing my friend or thank you for killing my enemy. And John's, I think he's playing everything fairly well because he he knows he doesn't want to get caught in a lie. So he is doing that sprinkling the truth in and keeping his honor, but not saying something stupid, doing something Theon would do, for instance. Yeah. And he tells, you should thank me for 
killing your enemy, but curse me for killing your friend. And, like, apparently that's hilarious. Har! Um, but at least he... Tormund, it's well answered, yeah, they say. And, that's, yeah. and Mance even agrees. He's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, John is noting at this point that Mance looks like no king he's ever seen. No crown, no gold, no silver, no jewels, no baubles, no jewelry. Just a tattered black coat cloak patched with red silk that's it and so he i mean again john's grown up knowing these robert baratheons these right right king Aerys. the showy I mean, he didn't shit no king Aerys, but he's but, heard the stories right. the targaryens and, and then joffrey history. and cersei yeah so all this showy bullshit and mance yeah. has none of it so mance goes through and introduces everybody in the room which is stig the magnar of then tormund dala his basically wife yeah. uh val her sister and her her little play toy, Young Jarl, yeah. Who doesn't like being called the play toy. And Mance just says, so there's us, Jon Snow. Now some words from you, I think. Where did you come from? And Jon tells him Winterfell by way of Castle Black. And he's curious to know what brings you this far up the milk water. But to Rattleshirt, he asks how many there were. And Rattleshirt answers, there were five, three dead, Jon here, and one who went up the mountainside where no horse could go. We would know that that stone snake, who was tasked with following... Uh, Eben, to Lord Commander Mormont right. to report, and he was tasked with going over the mountains instead of through the pass, and apparently has managed to evade the capture, of capture the or kill, being killed right now, as of yet. And so... Uh, then he asks, well, why were you with the half-hand? Yeah. And Curious John's- how a boy from Castle Black ended up with a ranger from the Shadow Tower. Tell me how that came to be. And again, it's a good pretty much lie but without lying because the being sent to the shatter tower is the only part that's a lie he wants me he wanted me to mormont sent me to shadow shadow tower to train directly under corin and then corin took me on a ranging that's pretty much what happened in that tent he wanted uh corin to train him up a little bit and corin wanted to go out on a ranging yeah so there's that Stig uh, jumps on that, and he's like, ranging? What the hell are you doing ranging this far up the milk water? And Mance cuts in saying, who told you where we were? And Tormund's like, oh, of course it was Craster. No one likes Craster. We should chop his head off. And Mance is like, Tormund, shut the fuck up next time. Before you speak, think. I wanted John to answer to know if he'd tell it true. And Tormund's like, oh, well, I stepped in that one. This is why he's the king. I may have a bigger Ah. dick and... A better fighter, but he's cl- he's clever. He's a tricksy one. Like them crows, and he... G- Mance kicks everyone out. Yeah. All right, get the fuck out. Yeah. I need to talk to him. And I, I like it because Tormund goes, what, me as well? And Mance goes, no, you especially. You especially. And get so the fuck out, Tormund. <laughs> everyone leaves but Dala, and Mance tells John to sit if he'd like and asks if he's hungry, and he's like, fuck yeah. And he's like, yeah, it looks like Tormund left us two birds, so... Uh, the king poured the ale himself yes. as Dala cut up some of the birds and brought them each over a half, which is just, again, an interesting... This is very just not what you ex- what you come to expect when you think of a king at this point after what we've seen ourselves. And we're being introduced right now to guest right again. Mm-hmm. Um, which... Yeah, we're about to start getting beat over the fucking right. head with it. And uh, so yeah, Mance basically tells John, "I know crows are tricksy birds, but I was a crow while you were fucking basically no bigger than that babe in Dollar's belly. So don't try any bullshit with me. You got it, got it, good." And John's like, "Cool, I can deal with that." And he says, "Have I, you puzzled it out yet? Have you figured out how I've seen you? How it is twice. I've seen you two times, two times." And John kind of gets oh, pro- when you were a brother of the Night's Watch, and he's like, "Ah, you got it." Hey. Ding, 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 ding. I was all in black. You were just a boy. I rode escort to old Lord Commander Corgle. 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 When he went to see your lord father at Winterfell, walking the walls, I came upon you and your brother Rob. You had a mountain of snow piled above the gate, just waiting for some <laughs> likely unsuspecting person to pass underneath. Now, John remembers this as just the the brother right. on the wall, right. like that he, and I think that's funny that it's on the wall right. that they're yeah, doing yeah, this. on the walls. And he says, "I remember that you promised you would never tell anyone. And you he, swore not to tell, and I kept my vow. That and, one, at least, until now. Like, yeah. fuck, that's cool. Like, that's just a cool time. Like, nobody's ever heard that story 
until right now to the person who was also involved uh-huh. in that story. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, do you know the second time? And he's like, nah. Nah. When Robert came up. What? No. Yeah, it's uh, the insert mind-blown gif here. Now, I, I think the most outstanding and outrageously impressive part about this is that he did make it down in time after being notified. So he hears word that Robert's going north, so and, yeah, he, and he breaks it down how he yeah, does. John's, John's flabbergasted, and he's like, that can't be so. And Corn, or Mance is like, it is so. Your father sent word to Benjamin that Robert was coming, and he was feasting him. And there is more talk between the wildlings and the free folk than one might think. There's more talk between the Night's Watch and the Free Folk. The, the Wildling. God damn it, Zach. The, uh, I am off it tonight. Yeah, the, the Night's Watch and the Free Folk than one might think. Which is... Who? Who's informing? Who the fuck Who's is informing? the rat? Um, do you think it's any of the people that are planning the mutiny? Do you think it's Benjen? Do you think he's... Do you think it's Benjen? Whoa. That's wild. Like, that was the part of this story that stood out as the weirdest to me. Well, dude. Because Mance even explains it away. He had plenty of time to get there because Robert was taking his sweet ass fucking time eating and feasting at every place along the way. And Cersei wasn't going to push. So I believe the time. My question is how the fuck did he get this information? This is not. Rangers wouldn't be talking. Well, did you hear the kings coming to Winterfell? Like, sure they would. Would they though? Yeah. You think because they don't do anything. Like, Winterfell they have no isn't Castle Black. I mean, Benjen's going. Cool, but like, but it's just the the kings coming north. The king hasn't come north now. Long that news is going to go around Castle Black. We saw the news that travels when with John. Every piece of fucking news. Everybody knew John's business, even though it was only Samwell Tarly who knew the shit. I absolutely think that the Rangers would be talking around dinner about this I guess, stupid fat fuck. I guess the Rangers would be talking about it. What wild thing is interrogating to get this information? Well, if it's not, it might not. It's which Ranger? Well, that's is what I mean. Giving or, yeah, information, right, like, like, is going out and sending letters, or do you think it's? Uh, that's why I'm asking. Do you think if it's uh, Chet, like he's got access to, he had no, access he to Ravens. And he wasn't shit. pissed then. But he was a pissy, shitty person. But he was content in his role. I don't know that he's content at what Castle he was Black, content. Though. He was content and there with Aemon. So somebody that has access to ravens, I would imagine. See, I, would, I, I could see it being someone with a not nefarious purpose, which is why I say Benjen. Like someone who knows that the see, wildlings aren't and that's, bad folk. My only thing is that I think that... Mance did mention that he he knew Benjen, but they weren't friends. And, like, not that right, that would right, make right, much, right. But I could definitely, see, like, I feel like I could see Benjen keeping him informed, like, hey, there's shit going down south, so we're not getting help for this tr- crap that's happening in the north. Yeah, I yeah. could absolutely see Benjen doing that. I just don't know that they were close enough for them to have formed a relationship like that um, to where he would be willing to do that. So I don't I don't think it was Benjen passing along the information, but who the fuck knows, yeah. man? So word reached Mance, and he set off heading south, and John's like, but the wall! Yeah, I climbed it. One man, person yeah. can make it up the wall. The wall can stop an army, it can't stop one man. So once he did that, he made his way south through the gift and bought a horse. We also learned through those chapters in Game of Thrones that this was a very slow-moving process for the king riding right. north because of Cersei's carriage. And I think and... he said it was about a month before he reached Winterfell. He managed to join Robert's company, riding back uh, up from the south, back up. To Winterfell and playing his way as a bard and making his loot, it into yeah, his the loot fucking... gave him easy acceptance in because free riders are known to join the king's retinue on journeys because they're looking to be paid by the king. Right, and so yeah, no one questioned it. The night that your father feasted King Robert, I ate of his mead and drank. Or I ate of his mead. I and ate of his mead and drank of his. I food. ate of his meat and drank of his mead and had a look at the Kingslayer and imp and made passing note of Lord Eddard's children. Yeah, and so John even mentions the like he would have killed you if you was. If he, you were John caught. straight up is like, "Bail the bard, you're right. bail the bard." And I, which we did the same thing. Yeah. I think when we heard. Well, bail no, the bard. we we drew we, the, but yeah, the, like, the, and he draw, says the yeah. same shit. Like uh, inspired it would be, it'd by be cool, but like not actually. I didn't take any of your. I sisters. mean, basically, like it's Mance Raiders based on a true story right, movie right. of Bail the Bard right. thing. Like, yeah, he took some. 
creative liberties, liberties to... with it, but he didn't steal any of John's sisters, as Mance recalls. Yeah, and so he mentions the guest right here about how, uh, and I think he he's absolutely right. If Ned had to behead him, he would have waited till the next day, at least. I I can't believe we're already getting guest right. So like... well, we were getting it last. At oh the, yeah, the yeah, last right, right, But right, this right. is where I think it's really heavy because he says that it's a sacred. Thing. Not only does he say that, like, oh, yeah, I ate of your father's food. He gestures before John, like, I got you with it, too. Like, because right. John's been eating. My... And, and he's, I think he brings it up. Is that right he's, here? Yeah, where yeah he it's right it here yeah, where yeah. he tells him, you're safe Everything. at my hand, you know. You don't so have at to... least until tomorrow. At least for tonight. And now that I wanted to bring up just because there was a comment on the YouTube. On the YouTube uh, About Sansa's chapter. Um, I apologize because I forget exactly who it was that said it, but they mentioned Olena kind of being a bit of a hypocrite for breaking Gestra. Hell yeah. If she's staying there for that long, is it every single time she eats at the table, or does it extend, or is she no longer a guest after staying there uh, for 90 the days? That's the fun thing about religion, isn't it? And is so, this, uh, is, it doesn't, she... is she... Is it applicable? She doesn't live by the old god she lives by the seven like, right th- it might not be applicable to so, elena tyrell and now i was just not the i was more i don't know that she's necessarily guilty of breaking the guest right just because of the duration i would and... absolutely venture a guess that like while maybe an extended stay no at a fucking wedding <laughs> it's pretty like yeah so, this is we're breaking bread and sharing my next salt thing and mead so to bring no up don't kill anyone please regarding that is the other wedding where the same shit happens and i think that it's the further south the less power that the werewoods have but i feel like the red wedding is going to have some severe consequences Spiritually, like from the gods. We, if it doesn't, I'm going to riot. So I'm not going to riot. We have especially crazy like shit, but because I don't want it, the show to be factored in. Obviously, the show's episode was outstandingly done, but I feel like in the books, it's heavier in the sense that it's doing exactly what Mance is saying here. It is a sacred thing that you're breaking. Yeah, yeah. He it is puts like this, so much. It's a emphasis, ritual. Yeah. and so by doing that. You've you've done some yeah, and bad that's all shit. we're told for the first half of this book is the gods do not yeah fucking like, it's like, like taking it. the Ouija board and just fucking oh yeah going yeah, to yeah, town yeah. and just being and the biggest like, dickhead ever with it and just open yeah, my home and yeah. like doing wild wild stuff and that we're getting told again I mean we emphasized a lot on it at the end of Clash where it's this resurgence of magic especially in the north and so if Anywhere it's going to have significant right, right. ties, it's definitely and in the north with the guest right thing. I think it's also very interesting to show that he's very set in that. He's f- firm with that. But look at all the people in the south, including Elena Tyrell, who are willing to skirt that line or blatantly oh, jump yeah. right the fuck over it. And absolutely completely ignore guest right completely well right. i mean there's no werewolves in the south and is that all that it is I, absolutely the influence right. of the old gods has been forgotten there, there's not people telling the old ways still down in the south it's the seven and it's the king and queen and it's and where is it the twins that the red wedding happens or is it in heron hall no it's the twins it's the twins yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's far enough north where there's fucking werewolves and they have a uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, they have a godswood. Godswood, yeah, yeah, there. no, the like Freys are fucked. Yeah, dude, they're the, so and, fucked. Uh, and like the Lannisters, I gotta believe by association in that. Like, and they have a godswood there in King's Landing. Yeah, yes, they do. And so, so yeah, uh, at this point, man says you're you're safe for this night at least. So tell me, true, are you actually just a coward who turned for fear, or is there a different wanna... reason that brought right. you to my tent tonight? And John's like. You tell me and I'll tell you. Yeah, John's stalling for time because yeah. he's like, I got to be on this shit. Which clearly Mance likes to hear himself talk because he happily recounts his his little ditty about why he left the Yeah, because he's like, watch. yeah, you've heard of it, no doubt. And John says, yeah, some said it was for a crown. Some others said it was a woman. Others said just because you have wildling blood. And he's like, first, and I think importantly, wildling blood is just blood of the first men. And it's the same blood that flows through the Stark's veins there. 
wink, wink, John. Get and on. then next he said, uh, however, my Dala is blameless. Uh, I'm just a sucker for the charms of a woman. And he unfastens his cloak and hangs it over a chair and says, it was this. And John's like, a cloak? And he explains that when he was out ranging with some brothers, hunting an, an elk or something, they got it and were, uh, the, the smell of the blood drew a shadow cat from its lower right. layer. And Mance was fucked up by it. Got some scratches where it's... Almost died. Where it's patched. And then got patched up by some wildlings. His brothers knew he wouldn't make it to the Shadow Tower to their maester, so they stopped by a wildling village where there was known to be a little herbalist woman. But she was dead. This story is starting to sound a little familiar with Danny. Oh, yeah? And then, uh, right, she was dead, so her daughter healed him up. Right. And in doing so, also sewed up his cloak with... With a rare acai silk. That is her great grandmother or grandmother one of those pulled from a cog that had washed up on the frozen shore Dude, he's got a plus one cloak what a like yeah it's such a D story i love it <laughs> and he says she uh sewed patched his cloak with that and it was her greatest treasure and her gift for me and then when i returned back to the shadow tower there was a new cloak waiting they're like nah me. hand it over bitch a new black cloak black on black to go with my black breeches and my black boots and my black mail it had no frays, no rips, no tears, and most of all, no red. The knights watched dresses in black, I was reminded. My old cloak was only fit now for burning. And he says that I left the next morning for a place where a kiss is not a crime and a man can wear any cloak he chooses. And you, Jon Snow? And he's like, all right, there's only one way I can go about this one that is story believable. that I can tell. And he goes... And it's... Smart, because he so ties good. it back to something Mance has seen. It has also witnessed. right, and it also just really made me think of Tyrion because a Tyrion and John talked that night, like armor, and yeah, and so he uh, he tells him, you you say that you saw that night that you were there at my father's castle, and I like, did, I was, I was. He goes, then you you saw the queen and the king and the prince Joffrey and his brother and sister and my sisters and brothers all sitting up there on the. On the high table eating dinner. Yes, yes, I saw it. I remember. Do you remember where I was seated, Mance? Do you remember where they decided to put the bastard? That's all he needs. Yeah. The end. Yeah. That was it. He's yeah. done talking. Perfect. Mance looked at John's face for a long moment and then said as he held out his hand, I think we had best find you a new cloak. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way the guy at the show says it. I like that. Too. And so that's the end of John One. Mance Raider has accepted him because John leaned into his bastardly. Yeah. And something that again Mance would have been witness to because Mance was at the back of the and hall. Saw him down John there. was at the back of the and hall and saw the John getting up and a little buzzed and get offended because right. he got embarrassed there and stormed out of the hall. Like he saw all that shit and like the shame. Of course, of course, that would be what's what he fucking. Left for. Because what else could he get? Lord Commander of the Night's Watch? Do you think Mance is actually f- sold full tilt on this? Um, Do you think he believes yeah. that John is fully just I think fuck so. it all? I think that... I think that John is young enough where it's almost believable that he couldn't... Be old be enough a, to have be a, that mindset. A double agent to be that like you're, he's feels he. It's much easier for him to be believed to be Theon than to be John. This Ned double Stark. agent Ned Stark. It's easier I'm to be my... Theon than Ned Stark, right? And, and actually, so... that's just that like that's a fact. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's exactly. easier to be Theon. Yeah, than it's it easy is to, be to fucking Stark. make the worst decisions right. that are the easiest decisions for you at that time. And so, absolutely, yeah. I think that it's easy for Mance to fall into believing this kid. Yeah, I still is... struggle with belief. Like, I, I just don't know whether or not Mance Raider knows. I think Mance is wise enough to not be bold. Okay, best friend, you want to sleep in my tent? We can do marshmallows and I'll go to sleep and d- there's a sword right there. Feel free to, to swing it around while right, I'm right. sleeping. Like, he's not going to turn his back to him. But I think that he's confident John is on their side at this point. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Anyway, I think we should convene our small council, get some inductees, yeah. get some inductees read. Yeah. Alrighty. All right, man. What a chapter to unload. We are here in the small council where we will begin unloading that. 
I don't like Unload. music. Unload. Yeah, that. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit, it was a good chapter. Yeah, I mean, what your feelings on to me? It's, uh, <laughs> fucking A. It's not, I don't know, it, it feels uh, quite similar to the Davos chapter. Not that it's as isolated, but just that there's not so much progression forward. It's just a huge moment for John, where... It's a huge moment in the series. I think, John, well, right, because John is able to start to humanize these people that he's been demonizing. Right. And I think Mance Raider especially, John feels a kinship with immediately because he is so normal, because he is pouring the ale himself. He doesn't have servants walking around. It's hit, it, I mean, like, how fucking adorable I ship Mance and Dallas so hard. Holy fuck. Of, like, this just power couple. Like, and she's, she's making food. And, like, she and gives, like, like, when he introduces her, like, a shy, like, kind of smile, like, nah, over by the brazier. Right, right. But, like, she, like, it's cutesy. Like, uh, yeah, like, it's just a really cool disarming way. And the fact that, again, no servants. They're doing shit themselves. Yeah, they're yeah. not. Which is the wildling way. Incapable, right. And it's that proud wildling way where we we didn't really touch on it. We did a bit, but we didn't actually talk about the part where it was talked about where Mance basically says, no one calls me King Mance. Some people call me the Mance, but for the most yeah. part, I'm, I'm Mance. Yeah, because then John in- accidentally goes to call him your grace but stops himself. It's yeah, right. your Mance. And your he's man- like, your yeah, man. I've never heard your Mance Fuck before. It. Go but, with it. Let's and even earlier when when he's doing the introductions and he gets to Tormund, Tormund interrupts him. Hold. Yeah, hold up. King. He's like, you, you gave, didn't give me my styles. You, you gave, gave Mag. Yeah. And, and the fact that he straight up interrupted the king. Hold right. up, he told him. Like, no, stop. Yeah. Wait. You that need to again. introduce me proper. And yeah. Do it right. That's again the wildling. The free and folks, Mance does yeah. it, as you will, and right. gives him the titling. <laughs> of course, he's like tall talker, you know, all this shit. Yeah, but yeah talk shit too. It's, but... I love the Mance Tormund relationship, but because he calls him my, our beloved Tormund. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's great. And it's such a good look at, I mean, if you want to know people, look at the people they're following. And Mance Raider is not at all what you're expecting Stig, right, the, the, right. the Magar, to Magnar be, Magnar to be yeah. the king. And then when it's the singer, you're like, oh. And so it's a really cool and fake out. Damn it, Mance. And Mance it. lives up to the hype. Yeah, he's a badass. And the story about his cloak, it's so simple. Like, you know, the woman who saved his life, who gave it to him as a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he was told, basically, you have to burn it, and that was enough for him to be like, no, like, this is a beautiful thing that this woman gave me. I'm not burning it just because you all want to dress together in uniform. Yeah, you want to emo out. Conformists! So do you have an inductee? Yeah, mine is going to, probably for the last last time in the Brotherhood, is Corin. Corin half-hand. Dun, dun. Because I really liked Mance... Mance's respect for him when he said when he was told first he said the shadow tower will never again seem as formidable and there's a sadness in his yeah, face. Yeah, dude. He knows Corrin's a good man. He knows Corrin's a good fighter. Like they just ended up on opposite sides of the war because of ideology. Yeah, and very. Uh, and Professor X and fucking yeah, Benito it's just, it's and... that you know, damn, like a really good soldier, a really loyal man has fallen today, and the other side's weaker for it. But should I be happy because? He was a good man and a friend, and I really like the respect. It reminds me a lot of when they, uh, when Mance and John toast together. Well, after... I was gonna say just how intimidating it must be because John also had a conversation with Corin about Mance and Mance not being a bad guy, right? Right, being a level-headed, clear thinker. Like Corin was giving him his respect, and so I definitely think that they. They have similar virtues and values and like they're just similar on different thinking. sides, yeah. And so it, it makes it, like I said, that much more intimidating for John to be staring at Mance Raider. Mance Raider. Uh, Mance Raider? I don't know why his name just sounded so weird to me when I said that. Like it was incorrect. Anyway, though, it's staring him down, knowing, like, not only are you the king of the wildlings, basically, you were a friend of Corrin Half. You were a he crow. Respected, like, and so, yeah, it's just... It's super interesting that the King of the Wildlings was a man of the Night's Watch. It wasn't a wildling. Right, right. It wasn't some pure blood bullshit that the southern kingdoms would worry about. The Wildlings saw a man who came up and wanted to be free and were like, he knows what he's doing, I'm going to follow that. It wasn't bloodline. It wasn't, he's not one of us. It, it was, okay, we'll follow him. And so it, it's such a good peek into the yeah, wildling yeah. society as a whole. So Corin for the respect that he garnered among all of them, even among their king. Right. Cool. Yours? 
So many years ago, there was a night when a younger Mance Raider was walking along the walls of Winterfell and he came across two boys playing with snow, preparing to dump that snow down onto some <sighs> poor passerby. Oh, my God. I am inducting that poor passerby, whomever he may have been. We know who it was. It was Fat Tom. It was Fat Tom. John tells us. And so it's Fat Tom is my inductee. Cause wow, that poor read guy, the fucking chapter. Whoa. Whoa. I have his name written down as my inductee. You just said whoever that guy was. So? It was Fat Tom. Well, I was going to, you didn't, you, didn't, you cut me off. Maybe I was going to say it afterwards. Oh, you were trying to do a joke? You know. Oh. Cut me off. He killed the punchline. It didn't land. Well, that's because you cut it off, didn't the, you land. cut the punchline. It didn't land. Anyway, Fat Tom's my inductee because fuck you, Zach. He didn't do anything. He had his night ruined by two boys. He chased him and had a great time. <sighs> He did not have a great time. Wow, what a shitty inductee. Let's get to some good ones. Whoa! Anyway, we got uh, three for you today from you listeners. Um, Two for previous uh, chapters, but we'll get to these ones first. Karen wrote us in, and for John Wood said... And John one, Wood? John. Uh, John yeah. Oh, no, you're going to shit all over my inductee. I'm calling you out for fucking everything. You're now. interrupting Karen's inductee. Oh. For John one and one white dire wolf with a little heart emoji. Dead. All dead but me, and I am dead to the world. My poor emo John. He feels so alone, and no wonder. He had to kill a guy he looked up to as a hero, and trying to follow this hero's orders, but it feels like oath-breaking to him. Like Ned Stark said, his blood runs through John's veins, whether or not he is actually his father, and he has Ned's honor almost to a fault. Also, can we talk about how amazing George is at describing the world around John? It's just breathtaking. And how he describes the ways of the wildlings and just how uncomfortable John is with the whole situation. While he is a man grown and a brother of the Night's Watch, he is still so nervous to meet Mance and even makes mistakes torment for him, lol. Uh, I think he meant Stig for him. On a separate note, I'm not, I was not a huge fan of Egret, my first read-through, but I've really come around this time. She's love, lust, struck, but not desperate. I just like her more. Inductee, my heart says Ghost or Tormund, but I have to go with Mance Raider. He sized John up right away, took him off his guard by having already seen him, and is just an overall badass. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. So the next inductee we've got is from across the seas over in France from our friend Julian. Julian says, hey, amigos, as you caught up with the episodes, I am back at reading A Song of Ice and Fire. In between, I took time to read a book from the Witcher series, which was really cool. Nice. I haven't read those yet. I've I've got them on my Amazon shopping cart, I think, because I wanted to read them at some point. So that's cool. So first chapter on John amongst the wildlings. So glad to have met Bookmance. I was amazed by the story of how he was present at the Winterfell banquet for King Bobby. Genius. As for my inductee, I'm going to go with a special direction, inducting months before he's born, the baby to come of Kit Harrington and his wife, Rose Leslie. They made a nice couple on screen. I'm sure they are a great couple. IRL, a Game of Thrones baby, into the brotherhood before he's even born. Magic has awakened. Have a good one. Valar baby Eris. Word. We'll take a baby before he's born. Pre, pre-baby and the babies get the... And, you know, I bet it's going to be a fucking beautiful baby. You've seen those two people? I, Jesus Christ. I'm, like, I didn't know they were having Yeah, I didn't either. That yeah. seems to be. Yeah, like, I don't, is... I don't, I like, a great inductee. Love awesome. it, but I don't really, like, follow celebrity stuff. Yeah, I, especially I once they I hate that tabloidy shows, stuff. So, so that's great for them. Congratulations. Love having that and inductee. And I can't wait to meet it when it's at, born right. and when able it to just, join the brotherhood. I guess just pops up and shows up here one day. <laughs> Thank so. you, Julian. We did get... An inductee for uh, two inductees actually for previous episodes from a new uh, listener that so we we're wanted to get read. So we're gonna get those caught up. Yeah, now. and this is from Corey. He says, "Hey guys, I haven't listened to Davos one yet, but my inductee is Melisandre. Davos' hatred toward the Red Woman gives him the strength to call, crawl out of the cave with his lonely boot and hailed the passing ship." Yeah, and then for Sansa one, his inductees are the twins, Eric and Eric, Eric. left and right, and. Uh, he says, for having the mental toughness to put up with Lady Olena, daily verbal abusive rants towards everyone. Yeah, she's got to be a bitch to put up with. That's uh, Those are great ones. That's... She doesn't even bother with her name. She doesn't, man. Like, jeez. Check your fucking privilege. What a savage. Uh, signed off, Corey from the Dreadfort. Corey. Ooh, Corey in the North. Normally right, we don't buddy. accept. We shoot down those ravens, but I guess we'll make some exceptions. Hey, man, Dreadfort's Thank cool. you. Keep writing How's in. How's the vampire, Bruce? 
Bolton. He's from Dreadport. I, I'm aware of where he's from. He's not a fucking vampire. Oh, that's why you're Thank you, Corey, Thanks, Corey, for your write-in. Uh, hopefully you continue to do so. Get us some more inductees. Thank you, Julian. Thank you, Karen. If you would like to write us in the way Corey, Julian, and Karen have done, or any other way, Nate's going to tell you how without you without mentioning any vampirism. Oh, my God. You can't, you're such a jerk. <sighs> You can email us at withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. It's vampire-free. You can go to our Twitter. I'm on Twitter, at mannerswithout. There's extra garlic, so no vampires. <laughs> Zach is on Twitter, at carstark92. He's a fucking jerk, and so his profile says no vampires. We have an Instagram. There's no vampire pictures or mentions. This is the month of Halloween. There should be some kind Spooky, of... Spooky, uh, scary skeletons. I'm all for. Instagram is my Twitter, at Manners Without. And then we have our Patreon, patreon.com, slash I still don't have any fucking vampires. Patreon.com, slash Without Manners. You're a jerk tonight. What's our Facebook, Zach? How do you find our Facebook, Zach? Oh, you don't know? Go to Facebook. There's a little search bar. Look up Brotherhood Without Manners. Facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. Guess what? There's no fucking vampires there either. There's going to be. I'm going to just, when you're asleep one of these nights, just change everything to vampires. It's not even vampires. Bruce Bolton vampires. There you go. go. And it's going to be so good because he's a vampire. Thank you, Corey, for the vampire stuff. He just signed off Corey from the Dread Four. He did not say shit about fucking vampires. That was all you. Corey gets Don't it. be, don't you dare. So send us your inductees for the next chapter we're reading, which will be, Danny? Daenerys one. one. Oof, that's going to be sweet. Yeah, we got dragons on a boat. That'll be cool. We got ours, Dan Whitesbeard. Whitesbeard. Yeah. Bury the bold is strong bell loss and strong big belly. So get us those inductees. You uh, can listen to me go on all drone like about what they it's are. pretty awful. Well, let me talk about fucking Roose Bolton being a vampire next time. That's worse. We'll catch you on the next episode. Valid Harris. Peace. Peace.